Our faith journey is a story unique to each individual and is constantly being written. No two people are identical, no two days are alike, but God is the same. This is the Real Stories of Life with God podcast, a place for honest conversations about life and faith. I'm your host, Chelsea Eubank, and I'm really glad you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. All right. Well, first, with all of that, with a baby, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Yeah. No, I'm excited. Good. Cool. Okay. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So um, it's me and Reston. We um, met in high school and dated for five years and got married. We will have been married this upcoming May. We will have been married 12 years. So, um, and then um, I have my oldest son, Knox, and he's nine and Luke is seven. And then we have um, a foster baby, Tatum, which is eight months old. So, and she's the one sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Is the foster journey new for y'all? Is this your first placement? Is this like your fifth placement? We're not not fostering through the state or anything. I just say foster because that makes it easier for everyone to understand. (laughs) Um, But uh, we got her back in March and uh, the the March 29th, actually. And um, so we will have had her for six months at the end of this month. Um, Her mom's boyfriend reached out to us. And said, you know, my girlfriend's going to be um, headed for trial. She has her trial starting tomorrow. She, they called us on a Sunday. Her trial started on a Monday. Um, and if she's found guilty um, by the end of the trial, she's facing 15 to life in prison. And so um, she just had a baby. She has a three month old and she's scared that the state's going to come and take the baby and, you know, all the things. And so um, we just kind of said, um, you know, we'll, we'll take care of her. And we didn't know if that would be for just the week during the trial, or if it would be, you know, we didn't know maybe she might get a year in prison and we just, you know, take care of Tatum for a year or, um, or what it would be, but she ended up um, being found guilty and got 17 years, no parole. So, um, yeah, so, um, we, met her up at the courthouse. Um, we had driven to South Carolina to meet um, mom because she wanted to meet us and see who we were. And it was a really cool encounter just because we were able to just kind of love on her. And she just kind of cried in my arms for, it seemed mm-hmm. like forever, but it was, you know, probably, I don't know, 10 minutes, but it was just the sweetest, saddest, like mixed emotion, you know, experience that I've been through. And Um, And we got to meet Tatum. And then uh, the day that she was going to be found, you know, guilty or innocent, um, we met her at the courthouse and she handed Tatum over to us before she wanted to be found guilty. So that was really hard for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, she was just super heartbroken. And so we were trying to, like, help her any way we could in that experience. Um, Then she um, just recently told us that she would be fine with us having custody of Tatum. Um, now that we've had her for six months in South Carolina, the rules are a little bit different. So um, the laws, so we have had her for six months and so we're going to be filing for custody soon. So yeah, yeah, that's exciting. And it it could end in adoption. Um, We're just kind of taking it day by day um, and just really want to keep mom's heart 
guarded mm-hmm. as well too. Like we really want to consider her and her feelings and her emotions and we don't want to do anything before she feels ready. Um, so that's yeah. kind of where we're at. Wow. With it. Yeah. Wow. And that, so. that kind of ties into y'all's organization too. A little bit. So that, that actually happens separate from prepare for babies, but, um, we started dreaming with the Lord about prepare for babies. Oh, February. Well, I, I guess I just said the beginning of the year. I can't really nail down like a date, but the beginning of the year to 2021. Um, and we started hearing the Lord say prepare for babies. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of just like what we would always say. And obviously that's why it's named that. But um, so that kind of started back last year and then the dream kind of progressed into like, okay, we want to help moms in crisis pregnancy situations by like housing them. Um, at first we were kind of thinking, okay, we'll help these moms by taking care of their babies while they do whatever they need to do to get on their feet. And then the Lord kind of unveiled the the vision even more. And he was like, we want to provide housing for these women and you're going to disciple them. And so um, the new law was passed back in July that allows for what's called maternity supportive housing residents. Um, so it's not like a state licensed maternity home. Um, the new law allows for nonprofits to basically start this up so that they can house mothers who are in like, you know, crisis pregnancy situations. So, um, it's a really cool, really cool law because up until July, um, maternity homes could only service women that were, um, 18 and under and, um, they could only stay for up to six weeks after the baby was born. I mean, we're just talking about that, right? Like you're not even yourself yet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. You're still healing, like physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally, you know, Mm -hmm. all the things. Um, And then, um, so that's, so with this new law, they can stay um, in our housing program up until 18 months. So that gives us a year and a half to really like walk beside them, help them get on their feet, get a job, get, you know, permanent housing, um, discipleship, mentorship, all those good things. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah. That's so, but cool. it kind of happened. The thing with Tatum kind of happened mm-hmm. all in the same time. So, you know, <laughs> you're just like, all right, Lord, what, you know, obviously you're, you're wanting us to have firsthand experience. So here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Mm. Okay. So at the top of every conversation, I like to read um, the verse that kind of inspired two of these questions in Matthew 22, um, Jesus is asked, which is the great commandment in the law. And he says, you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So my first question for you is what currently stirs your love for God? Oh, I would, there's a couple things, but you know, currently, if you added that currently word in there, yeah. so it's like, yeah, that's that narrows it down. I would say for sure, just what we have going on with Prepare for Babies, it's just dreaming with God. So, like, I love to dream with Him and create with Him and walk beside Him as, you know, this is really His vision, but He's like allowing us to walk beside Him and co, co- labor with Him. But it's not just, labor, like we think of labor, it's really like fun stuff too, like dreaming and, you know, making connections with, um, the body and, um, reaching out to, um, orphans and widows. And I mean, it's to me, I feel like I'm getting, um, I've had so many different relationships with, you know, like 
daughter and then servant and then friend. And then, and right now it's like, I feel like I'm kind of in this stage with the Lord where it's like, I'm getting to see a new side of him. And so it grows my love for him. It stirs my love for him because it's like this creating with him um, kind of side. So that's, yeah. been, that's been probably the most um, stirring thing. And then watching him fulfill the promises because he's giving us these things and we're watching doors being opened and actually even five, let's see, you know, four years ago, four years ago, um, the Lord told both me and my husband separately that we would have a third baby. And so we didn't know if that was like through us or whatever, but then, um, he told my husband that, um, or he rushed and would always say, I feel like a baby's going to fall in our laps. I just feel like a baby's gonna, <laughs> not supposed to pursue it. We're not supposed to like pursue. It. We're not supposed to go through an adoption agency. We're not mm. supposed to, a baby's just going to fall in our laps. Um, and then about a year or two after that, we both separately had the vision um, for a nursery in our house. One of the rooms mm-hmm. in our house was like an office um, slash junk room. <laughs> I had a desk in there, so we called it the office, but you know. Yeah. Uh, but there wasn't <laughs> much purpose for that room. And so yeah. every time I'd walk by it, I'd always see a pink nursery. And, you know, I mm-hmm. kind of thought, well, maybe that's just me wanting, you know, a girl. I have two boys. Maybe my heart just wants a girl. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really, I kind of pushed it, pushed it down. But then, um, Rushton came to me one night and he was like, every time I'm sitting in the garage, I just think like of that room upstairs being a pink nursery. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so we me know. Too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we know, we know it's the Lord when like we both really feel something yeah. separately. And so um, we did, we created a pink nursery and had no idea that about a year later, a little over a year later, she would fall in our laps. Mm. You know what I love about that? Sometimes we get that vision, that long-term vision. And other times we don't, we just get the feeling or the thought or the Mm -hmm. word from the Lord. And it really just takes taking that day, daily step, taking the small step, not really knowing when it, because I mean, a year is a long time. Right. You know, like, yeah, we're both feeling that. And then I, in my mind, I'd be like, okay, what's going to happen next week? Right. You know, if I'm feeling it on a Tuesday. It's probably going to happen by Friday, (laughs) but but for you to say, okay, I kind of have this in my heart, but I'm not going to rush it. A that's like major trust to the Lord to not make it happen yourself. Cause I fall into that trap. I'm like, okay, well, if I feel like this is going to happen or needs to be done, I need to be working it out. I need to be making plans. I need to be doing things to make it happen. And that might not always be the case, you know, and it might be a year, but it's not like you got hung up on that and you were distracted from your day-to-day life by having this vision in your heart, in your mind, you just said, okay, this is what we're thinking. You know, it might've been weeks or months before you actually did anything with that room. You're just kind of taking it one day at a time, you know, taking steps one day at a time and following him and listening to him. And so sometimes we have that long-term vision and other times we just have the one step. Y'all just been taking the one steps. And I think that's just a really good word. And I feel like that has come through times of us um, not fully trusting God and and learning that lesson. And mm-hmm. so like, we've just really like learned through trial and error or, you know, what the outside, what the world would call failure, but really God's like, no, this is just yes. a lesson. But um, we've really learned that. And it took a lot, a lot, a lot of strength that I didn't have, <laughs> but the Lord gave mm-hmm. to me to not go after it myself. We had a, we had in that, in that waiting, it was probably closer to two years. Um, 
But in that waiting from when we heard that um, to, to when we got Tatum, um, there was another instance where a, a baby fell in our laps and we kind of thought like, oh, this is it. And so like things would happen and we just had to be super prayerful about it. And, um, and, you know, in that situation, we kind of felt like, okay, this could be the will of God, you know, but man has free will. And so some things happened that, you know, where it didn't work out, but we just kind of like, okay, Lord, we, we still believe that, that you gave us this word. And so we're going to still stand on it. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it could, it would have been a lot easier to just like go through an adoption agency or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, but, um, <laughs> it was, yeah. but it's all worth it for sure. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. On the other side, is there anything that currently stifles your love for God? Yes. I love that you asked both of those cause it gets real, huh? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would say the thing that stifles my love for God would be, um, a product of that would be busyness, like just this, the, the staying busy. And that for me, that's always hard. Like I'm just, my mind's always, you know, go, go, go. I have, I have a to-do list. Well, I really have like 15 to-do lists every day. (laughs) One for mom, one for work, one for, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, it's never ending. But, um, I, I think just a lot of the times the Lord's he'll tell me sometimes several times that I have to rest. I have to just kind of stop like in dreaming. There's times when you just sit and dream, you know, like that there has to be time for that. And then recently he's been speaking to me about carrying the presence and how, um, when King David had the Ark of the covenant brought back, you know, to the city of David, Mm -hmm. that, that it was carried by, he, he was so quick to have it returned. He was like, all right, build ox carts and have it returned. And, you know, it, the oxen stumbled and then as I reaches out to uh, stabilize or steady uh, the ark and he's like immediately drops dead. And, you know, so I just wrestled with the Lord about that. And he was like, I was never meant to be carried by ox carts. It was never meant to be carried by you know, a cart or animals or anything is all my presence is always meant to be carried by my people. Hmm. And it was the Levites that were supposed to carry it. And so I I just feel like in, in worship and in the presence of God is where we're really supposed to be and where we're really, um, everything comes out of that. Like everything comes out of abiding in him. And so Hmm. we know that, but then we have to you like work it out in our lives and like practice it and do it. And so that's, it's easy for me to just be like, okay, this needs to be done next. And then we're doing this. And, you know, especially setting up a whole nonprofit, it's like from the ground up, you're just building. And so it gets to be very, very busy and people, you know, we're making meetings or we're making connections and we're fundraising and we're, you know, doing Mm -hmm. all the things. And the Lord's like, but remember, like, it's not going to be anything unless you can carry my presence. You're just laboring in vain if I'm not building the house, you know? And so it's like, (laughs) that's that's the constant reminder. And part of busyness is like your phone. It's the devil, really. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But like, I, as as great as a phone is and it's, you know, it's just, um, I'll tell you what, it can still, it can steal your attention really quickly. And I'll be Mm -hmm. the first to admit to that. So, yeah. What did you just say just now? You can do all the things, but it's not going to be anything unless yeah, you, know, you can you labor in vain. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my goodness. That just strikes me, I guess, because everything in culture, everything in myself tells me that bigger is better, that more eyeballs on it makes it more important. Right. That when more people see me do something, it means that it's more meaningful. When I do more means I'm being more meaningful or more valuable or something. And, and if I'm, if I'm not doing it with him or if I'm not open to him or then it's really just flat. Yeah. Right. And sometimes that carrying the presence of the Lord is a lot slower and it's a lot more gradual and it's not as quick and it's not as visible. Exactly. And I, you know, I just think we get caught up in like, you know, he isn't the dream. Other things are the dream. Right. And he so dearly, deeply wants to be the most precious thing to us, you know, and Mm -hmm. he wants to be Mm -hmm. the dream of our lives. And anyway. Yeah. Because we're so precious to him. And yes. he's, he's like, I just want you to feel the same way about me that I feel about you. And, and then when you realize that, you're like, oh man, what am I even yeah. doing? You know, because like, and, and what you said too, with, especially with y'all's nonprofit and your ministry. And if he's after hearts, right. Then yes, some of those logistical details are very important. Where are we going to put them? How are we going to do it? We want it to, we want to do it with excellence. We want to do it by yes. caring for people. We want to, we have, there's wisdom. Mm-hmm. in preparation there's wisdom in work there's wisdom in doing all the things but it almost is like as much as I have the energy that I'm working I need to have a little bit more energy in abiding you know yes like as much as I'm doing that still needs to be surpassed by that because if he's after hearts ultimately then all the logistical work is kind of just stepping stones for the bigger better more significant work that he really is wanting you to even be part of it in exactly. the beginning at all, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Mm. I know. And the, and the enemy can, that's well, that's his, like, for me, it's like, well, the enemy isn't going to like tempt me with, you know, drugs or stealing or not, you know, things like the, you know, these, these real obvious, like outward sins, he's going to tempt me with busyness. And because I might even, like you said, have outward fruit of um, things like, oh, we've, you know, gotten, you know, done this with the ministry or, you know, we've contacted this many moms or, you know, whatever we've helped this many moms, but then I might go home and be very short fused and be all the opposite of the, of the fruit (laughs) that we should be carrying. And so really that's how you judge a tree by its fruit, you know, it's like that in like what, when no one else is looking like what's happening. And so when I get super busy or I get super, you know, or just, I'm not spending enough time with the Lord. It's like, I can always feel it. It's like building up. I can feel it. Yes. And it's like I have to, I have to spend that time with him. Oh, I'm with you. Oof. Okay. The truth that God is blank means a lot to you because blank. So I would, I would say the truth that God is both faithful and a promise keeper means a lot to me because it just means that I can rely on him. Like when, when, if all else fails, you know, and which, which it all will, all, everything will fail <laughs> at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just faithful and he's a promise keeper. And, but I think that's so important, so important um, for us to be seeking out the promises of God. Like what are his promises to us? Mm-hmm. Because if we don't know the promises then what do we even have to look forward to or to prove that he is a promise keeper? 
Mm. And so like that is just like, and comes from, from your communicate, like the, the relationship, the communication with God. And then also not just coming to him just to ask for things, but to mm. say like, God, what are your promises over me? What are your promises over my kids? That's like a big one for me. Like, what are you saying about my kids? What are you saying about me and me and Rushton? What, you know, what do you have planned for our family? But then also like, just, you know, tell us who we are and, mm. you know, and, meditating on those things. And it's things that we have see and hear in the Bible, but then there's also fresh revelation that we can get that God's sharing with us. Like he shared with us, a baby's going to fall in your laps, you know? Right. And so we knew that was God. And then he, ke- he kept his promise. And so, and a lot of times, like you said, if it's not instant, we're like, well, you didn't keep your promise and where are you? And we get frustrated, but it's that having that trust in that, um, like we have to sit, commit ourselves to be just as faithful to him as he is to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that that's so important for us to be seeking out what promises he's given to us specifically, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's, I could go through and say all the things, but then I, I got, I also want things that you are promising mm-hmm. over me and my family specifically and dreams yeah. that you have for us specifically so that I can be praying and speaking those things as if they were. Um, so just watching him just keep his promises and then, yeah, I have promises that haven't been fulfilled yet. Yeah. Um, he, he shared, he shared with me when my, um, firstborn, when I was pregnant with my firstborn, he has, um, what's called fragile X syndrome. And, um, Mm -hmm. we found out when he was in the womb and, um, and so when I was pregnant, I felt the Lord say, I'm going to heal him. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, awesome. Oh, good. You know, we won't have, you know, <laughs> we won't have all that, you know, craziness or all the stress or whatever. But, and so I was really excited. And then it kind of came later. He was like, I'm going to heal him, but it's not going to be immediate. It's going to be a mm-hmm. slow, gradual healing. And then we would have people come to us. We had this one guy come to us on the beach somewhere. And he, he was a stranger and he was sitting behind us. And he said, I have to tell you that God's speaking about your son. And I'm like, what is he saying? And so <laughs> he, he shared with us, he, he's like, your son's going to be healed. And I just burst into tears because that's just confirmation for me. I already knew that, but he said, he is going to be healed. And everyone will ask how, you know, what happened? How was he healed? And he will give the glory to God. Mm. And so that was, you know, super exciting for me. Like the, he said, the doctors will even ask, how did this happen? You know, was it diet? Was it medicine? Was it this? Mm. Was it that? And that Knox would give the glory to God. So I'm still standing on that promise um, that he would be fully healed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's one thing yeah. that like, you know, I'm waiting for. So some promises I've seen and some I'm still waiting to be fulfilled, but they will be. Yeah. I like that you put the promise keeping and faithfulness together though, because it helps when you haven't seen it yet to still trust the nature of God, Mm -hmm. you know, like I haven't seen this one yet, but I know that you can't not be faithful to me. Right. So I'm not going to be, I'm going to resist the temptation to be discouraged or disappointed or anxious about this not happening yet by saying that you can't not be good to me. You can't not be kind to me. You can't not be faithful. You can't not do what you have said you will do. Exactly. You know, I think that is huge. I mean, it takes, it's like a muscle though. It takes practice. It takes habitual, like 
reminding and preaching to ourselves and practicing that trusting, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but it is possible. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And just having that open communication with the Lord, like I'm doubting right now. I'm doubting right now. I'm upset right now. And I feel like it's not going to happen, but I need you to help me. Like you said, build that muscle (laughs) in my mind to know that you are faithful and you are good. And then you just start speaking, you know, what he is and it gets your attention off all that doubt and everything. But I think being real and open and honest with, he already knows how we feel. He already knows what's in our heart. He already, Mm -hmm. he just wants, he, he honestly just wants us to share it with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My last question is what is something you are looking forward to? Um, I would say for sure the opening of our, you know, uh, maternity supportive housing, um, that's going to be awesome. Um, we are currently in the process of securing some land that is being donated Aww. to us. Um, I'm telling you, God's just been opening doors left and right. So we are in that process. And then um, we'll be, we're raising the funds to build the first cottage. And the first cottage will be able to house um, three mothers and their babies, along with um, a house mother that will be, that will live on site. So she'll wow, be there cool. 24-7. And then part of the vision, um, Russian had a dream one night to get this, you know, whole vision, but he saw that we, it was on a huge piece of property and, um, the cottages were in the front and he said that there was just babies (laughs) everywhere. And then our house was actually on the back of the property. So Mm. we are actually looking into like, we're possibly going to be moving (laughs) as soon as we get this property um, so that we can be close, that we can be on site, you know, close enough to be there when, when needed, but then, you know, on the back of the property to kind of still have our own, you know, family home life. But, um, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to watching that be fulfilled and watching the first moms walk in our door and helping them and mentoring them. And I mean, they're going to be such a blessing to us. <laughs> so yeah. oh, I can't man. wait. That's going to be so cool. Yeah, man. I'm so excited. And thank you for making the time again. This, this conversation was amazing. Too. Thank you for asking me to do this. This is awesome. And we really just do want to share the vision, you know, just put it out there and let people catch yeah. it. And everyone yeah. has their own talents and giftings and whatever it is that they can contribute. Mm-hmm. So we really just want to get it out there and yeah. Let everyone be a part of it. Listening friends, it means a lot that you added us to your day today. Thank you. Wherever you find yourself on your journey with Jesus, I hope you finished this episode with your faith inspired, refreshed, or strengthened. Mm-hmm.